You are listening to the Young Culture Podcast, where young adults from all backgrounds and experiences share their ideas and opinions. Hello, Young Culture. Thank you for listening in. I'm so excited today. I have a new guest coming in, and her name is Simi. You want to say hey? Hello, everyone. Awesome. Do you want to give us a little bit about yourself before we go into it and get into it? <laughs> yeah, my short snippet of a Tinder profile here. There so, we go. <laughs> um, I finished school, so currently full-time I'm working the you know nine-to-five grind. Yeah, um, how's that going? It, it goes. I think yeah. it's an adjustment on its own, but I'm definitely really grateful for the people that I work for. Right. Um, so I'm working at a tech company. Again, the typical millennial lifestyle here. <laughs> um, and outside of work, I guess mostly I just kind of, you know, chilling out with friends, seeing what I want to do. I'm trying really hard to um, find outlets of, to express creativity, essentially. Podcast. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, and then kind of venturing off and seeing where I want to put my voice and what I want to do, uh, give to the world or to the community, you know? That's so, that's awesome. Yeah. If you could, like, pinpoint a cause right now that you're super passionate about, where, where would you go with that? Um, I guess the cause and what we'll be talking about yeah. right now would just be focusing on uh, cancer within our community. Yeah. Uh, so not just patients that are diagnosed with it, but the entire family itself. Right. Because it's not just one person that's diagnosed with cancer, yeah. it's the entire family. Every, yep, that's right? so true. I think people don't always like take that into factor. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think just starting that conversation or a dialogue would be really helpful instead of just kind of dusting it away or not talking yes, about it. Yes, yes, I love that. So how does cancer personally relate to you? Uh, so for me personally, uh, my younger brother uh, was diagnosed with like a rare form of tissue cancer. Okay. So it's called, it's a mouthful. So bear with me here. Okay. Uh, rhabdomyosarcoma. sarcoma. Rhabdomyza sarcoma. Yeah. Young. So at the time when he was diagnosed with it, he was three. Um, yeah. Basically it was like a rare tissue cancer that started in your soft organs and would just spread through your entire body. And how old were you at that time? So when I was, I want to say I was, so if Harmon was three or five, I was six. Yeah, I was okay. six and he okay. was three. Okay. Uh, so, like, honestly, wrapping my head around it as a little child was really weird because you assume that your sibling is just sick. Like, right. Like, some medication, how it goes. Even how my parents told yeah. me probably wasn't the best way to how go How did they about tell it. you? Well, okay. So, the way it started was uh, my brother was really sensitive to bright lights in the morning. He had headaches and stuff like that. Okay. So, my grandma, like, maybe <clears> at the time, was just very wary. Like, oh, like, you know, he's waking up and he's crying a lot more. Yeah. Um, my father would, like, give us massages after, like, you know, right and so forth. Right, yeah. Um, and basically, there was, like, a hard lump in his stomach. Oh, okay. It would shift from right to left every so often. Yeah. So on a whim, my dad actually took my da- uh, my brother to the doctors, mm-hmm. and it was like a intern coming in. So it was like a really eager young person, and he pretty much diagnosed it as a weird like he's like I don't think something is right here. You're gonna go downstairs to the pediatrician. We'll run some tests and see how it goes. Right. Within the span of four hours, they pretty much diagnosed the cancer and was like, okay, we're gonna fly you out to Children's Hospital. Wow. So in that day, it was like everything had just slipped entirely. Right. Um. No one took me out of school. I walked home and I was like chilling out watching some Power Rangers. So you remember that day pretty clearly. I remember vividly because I remember that the vibe in my household was really weird and I wasn't really sure what was going on. My mom was moving around frantically. My dad wasn't home. My BBG wouldn't really talk to me, but there was like this tension. Like, yeah, no one talked about it though. Right. And then when my mom did, she took me in the car and she was like, beta, like, I'm going to drive you to the hospital. I'm like, Oh, like what's, what's going on. Right. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Harmon's really sick. And I'm like, well, like, just give him some medication or something like that. Yeah. And then she's like, no, like, it's going to take a while. Like, this isn't, this isn't the typical cold, right? And I was yeah. like, well, what do you mean? And she's like, 
She didn't even use the word cancer. Like it was just, just tiptoeing, right? Yeah, it yeah. was like, and she used every other word in the book before, like, I understood it. And the thing is, when a doctor used the word cancer, as a little six-year-old, like, what, do you, what does that mean? Yeah. What does that look like, right? Right. Uh, and when I actually went up to the hospital, and I remember, like, the walk, and I went to the oncology department, I on the left-hand side, went to the door, and he was just wrapped up in wires, and he was asleep, and... From what I remembered him six hours ago before I went to school and when I saw him at the end of the day was like a complete shift. Right. And that was our life for like the past four years after that. He was in like intensive chemotherapy and radiology just to kind of shrink it down so they could remove it. So I guess for people out there who aren't really experienced with cancer, like if you could give like a general context of like how the whole scope of like treatment and like yeah. the general. Yeah. yeah. So basically like the first little bit is the scoping. So like you yeah. figure out what it kind of is and how aggressive it is and what stage it's in. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then from my understanding, it comes like a, a game plan, right? You right. need to know what you want at the end of, end of the day. And so it's obvious to take it out of the body. Right. Right. So that comes with like, how big is it? How much radiation or chemotherapy this person needs uh to be treatable, right? Yeah. For you to go in to do surgery. Um, they had to do a first initial scope, like a surgery. So they went in and then kind of figured out like how big it was, how thick it was, how right. fast it's growing. Um, and that's really rough for a little kid to be yeah, with, right? Yeah, of course. So, and after that uh, first surgery, they kind of just aggressively was like, we need to pump as many drugs in this child to like make sure we can shrink the mm-hmm. tumor. Uh, and that's assuming that drug or that amount of drug is being receptive in the body right mm-hmm. so it was it was really hard um I, I think it stripped him of his immune system entirely so like a common cold could be really bad for him right like so basic things as a sibling like wrestling or getting in fights or like yeah. you know like aggressive movement was always a, a no-no and then yeah for like a young kid yeah and that's it sucks for him too because he didn't yeah. live like a child right mm-hmm. um and then on top of that it was like this just tone where he didn't really let me act like a child because he couldn't at the same time yeah they like level out the <clears throat> sorry level out the playing field right yeah, yeah. And, and my parents are talking about that so my dad used to work full-time and my mom did as well just the immigrant hustle right, right. back in that day yeah we needed both parents to work mm-hmm. uh my dad just was basically like a stay-at-home dad but in the hospital essentially yeah and so you that, didn't get that experience no yeah. so i think as much as everyone focused on the younger brother and what was going on inevitably you look at it and you're like as a sibling or the other child, you don't really fit into anyone's schedule. Yes, because right? you're like, you're all good. Like, you don't, there's nothing to worry about here. So let's just put our focus on what needs to be handled. Yeah, yeah. at the time, like, yeah. it's really fair. But yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. I look back as a child and I hated, like, I was so jealous. And right. I was angry and aggressive. And I didn't know how to tell anyone. Like, yeah. no one in my school knew. I didn't tell anyone. Because we, like, I don't know about you, but, like, just, like, Asian context like you're not told to be like okay I'm feeling sad like what do I do about it it's no. kind of like okay just there's other things to worry about yeah or yeah like you know like don't cry because it's not that like yeah or, you or know, like, like other people don't need to know your family business yes it's like why would yes. you want other people to know about it right? and they're like well like who am I gonna talk to myself <laughs> like, oh yeah right um, and so at the time I think it was it was a little resources of knowing who you could talk to yeah and how to talk Right. Um, my own mother was like too busy doing everything. I understand like working yep. like as hard as she did and then going to the hospital, going back and forth, like there was no breathing point for her. But honestly, like there were moments where I remember just feeling so alone because I just didn't know how to go about it. Yeah. Right. 
Um, and that, even in the four-year window and even after cancer, so when he was in remission and everything's okay. Oh, contacts. Like, he's good. Okay. I, I'm, like, waiting to ask you. <laughs> like, oh, you okay. my brother and you yeah. didn't even know he was sick. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. an active, oh, normal human being. I love that. Okay, um, good. He's good. It's just, like, that window, even now, as a family, we don't really talk about it. Wow. I, can, wow, I, yeah. I haven't had a conversation with my brother about cancer. Really? We've done, like, you know, events. We go to relays. We yeah. go to Camp Good Times. There's other things, like, you know, people, conversations. But him and I have not sat down and Spent, talked about it. Really? And my mom, wow. too. My dad, never. Never. And my mom. This um, theme keeps coming up a lot. And like, when everyone talks. You know, like, I mean, the typical, yeah. you know, the whole, yeah. like, hyper-masculine, yeah. like, uh, expectation on Indian men where yeah. you got to be tough, right? And yeah. you can't talk about those feelings. Yeah. You, you can't show your feelings. And I'm sure for my father, seeing his only son like that for yeah. four years must be traumatic. And of he course. was there with him in the sidelines. Like, he yeah. stayed with my brother the most. Right. Right. And it's been, what, 15 years after the fact, and I don't think my father has ever mentioned anything about it. And you know what the crazy thing is? I feel like if you open that door... It's a bad door. It's just gonna... Things are just gonna come rushing out. Because then yeah. like, oh, Simi, to to hogi hon kyon kar diya, right? you, you want to translate? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's like... No, that's the, awesome. the conversation has happened. Like, the yeah. incident has happened. So why are we talking about it? Yeah. Now? Why yeah. talk about the past when we're in the future? Yeah. And I get it. Yeah. I do. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, so we're just not going to talk about this traumatic event right. that's happened. And, like, I'm complaining about it. At least I'm here on this platform yeah. talking about it right now today. But my father and yeah. my mother yeah. have not talked about it to anyone else. That's so interesting because, like, just in my head, something like cancer like that's a big bomb to drop on a family and so like to just have it flying under the radar emotionally like that's crazy um I have a question did um I'm assuming when all this was happening like you had a resource workers or like a social worker or something like was there any like counseling that was suggested or like any of that yeah I think so but mind you at that time like English was really hard for my parents okay so there's a barrier too with that yeah yeah yeah. it's not like they had like other Punjabi speaking individuals to like kind of bring that yeah so I'm sure cancer hits other brown families I've met a lot of other families through like my volunteering experiences where you know siblings talk about it but we mm-hmm. all talk about the fact that our parents have never had that like yeah. therapy for it right i could say that now growing up and being open with my parents for other issues like therapy is something that's positive in my household yes i wouldn't say that's something with every brown household but yeah. with other issues that stem from the dark past um, <laughs> yeah essentially they they look to their work and their environment to get counseling and even for my mom i think once my school found out what was going on. My elementary school, they had a counselor come in and talk to me about it. Oh, yeah. But it was like a white lady talking to me about my feelings. Like, yeah. at the time, you're six and seven. You're still, like, thinking in Punjabi most of the time. Oh, and, totally. And you're looking to your parents for I feel comfort. like it's just more confusing when they drop what they believe in and then you're being told what you're supposed to believe in. And yeah. then it's just like, mm. And, and I understand, yeah. like, both ways. Yeah. Therapy is like a, it's yeah. a, it's a universal language. But yeah. when it's from different cultural groups it's like you don't know how we all process you need that at least that relatability factor in in the service that's being provided yeah Yeah. and it's not me saying like white people make me uncomfortable no no we're not saying that no no. but what i'm saying is at the end of the day it comes down to the fact that like how a community processes 
like really painful events and how we process that deep negative emotion definitely varies from group to group yes and not having that language or not having that familiarity with the other person and it's a stranger then you feel like you have to explain to them right versus them understanding you yes yes and like at that point in your struggle you're like just I can't like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was and it's like other families don't talk about it my yeah. brother had like another child like with him who had similar to what he had and they were pretty much up neck to neck with everything yeah unfortunately he passed away so oh, wow. that family you would think that my parents would connect with them but yeah. it's like they talked about everything else other than cancer yeah like work and life and cooking and you know their struggles with being in Canada but like I don't think I've ever remember growing up like listening to them being like this is hard or I need help since this was something that like hit so close to you do you think you could pinpoint like factors as to why this keeps happening or I think it just comes down to because like culturally it's like a taboo concept right yeah so think of it this way like and and I and it's not just cancer think of like drug addictions alcohol mental health illnesses uh sexual abuse domestic abuse Mm -hmm. that all at the end of the day and if you're all brown you understand like god it's a household conversation yeah no one else needs to know yeah yeah and it's like I remember some auntie that came in to visit my brother and was like, oh, you guys are still young. You can always have another child if, yeah. like, Harmon passes away. Oh or, gosh. like, this other lady yeah. was just like, oh, he's cancer. Like, when he grows up, like, how is he going to get married? Like, they think of it as a lifelong disease. And they're thinking, like, negatively and the worst-case scenario. Yeah. Instead of just, like, seeing how we can just adjust to what's happening, right? Like, how yeah. do we be supportive? Yeah. And, and, and I think it's a brown people thing where, like, you throw a compliment and then a backhanded comment to, oh like, compensate for it. But in, in, in hard conversations like that, I'm like, you know, you need to be on a human level and think, like, if this was my child, yeah. how would I want to be talked to? Oh, totally. And then that conversation goes like, do you know how to talk to other people when it comes to really hard things? Yeah. It's assuming that you and I, are, we have a privilege when yeah. we went to school yeah. and different people to talk to. Yeah, yeah. And that's not hounding on our parents. They yeah. understand where it comes from. Yeah. But it's like learning when to stop and be like, okay, I'm stuck. Like, right. how do I go about that it? That vulnerability factor, yeah. right? Yeah. And especially with our Indian men, brown men, I think, really need to, like, sit with themselves and be like, these emotions <laughs> yeah. that I'm, ex- like, experiencing, how do I outlet in a healthy way? Healthy way, yeah, exactly. Because, like, we've all seen it. When you, like, have it all bottled up inside, it's going to come out, but it's going to come out in the wrong way. Yeah, and then that yeah. puts a really bad name in general, right? Yeah. Like. Not every brown guy is going to go to Crown Royale and hit it up and just yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah, get yeah, drunk yeah, and think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, unfortunately, with my father, like he looked to alcohol for a way to comfort in those four years. Yeah. I would have rather like sitting with my father even being – even now, and I ask him, like, look, if things are going on, if you want to talk about the past, what happened four years ago, like I'm here for that, yeah. right? If you're not going to talk to me, who are you going to talk to? Totally, right? yeah. We were, we were literally in it together. Different yeah. experiences. Yeah. Just like how he'll never understand how a sister felt. I'll never understand how a father felt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's learning to know that there is different The connection piece, That connection. Right? Yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess in that process of it, really growing up, what I thought about was how do I find a way to not just keep this as my experience, but open up a conversation where other people feel like they can talk about it? Yes, I love that. That's that's amazing. Um. I'm going to revert back a little bit, but I, I'm just curious because, like, I, I work in um, child and youth care. So being a child 
and having that happen in your home but not being like the one who was actually like living it so like you did talk about like you know being a little lonely and like the attention and stuff like was there any other emotions or any other things that you were going through at that time I think I just felt like I shouldn't be there I felt really guilty right I felt guilty for being healthy and alive to be very honest with you um like being able to go out and play outside being able to shoot hoops like small Mm -hmm. things that I took it for advantage at that time it came with immense amount of guilt like I remember birthday parties or going out with friends or swimming or my brother was always so bitter about it just because he couldn't do it physically right um and cancer took a toll with him physically too he lost his hair he Mm -hmm. lost a lot of weight he had a feeding tube coming in because he wouldn't eat enough food and kids just People, kids, but people in general just look at you differently. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, and it would bother me that other people would assume that his cancer was a disease that could be easily transmitted through touch or, like, being yeah, in the same area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found myself being, like, that angry, aggressive little brown girl, like, punching little kids when they talk about yeah. my brother. Like, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, he is my younger brother. Right? Yeah. And then at home, I just felt immensely guilty and angry um, at the fact that it was just an issue just for him and I couldn't help I right. couldn't help there was right. no way yeah, for yeah. me to help yeah other than you know jokes and like doing chores around the house I think it definitely aged me a lot quicker than it normally would have yeah um and then how do I talk about it mm-hmm. right um it was depression hits in all ages so I guess I was a depressed little six-year-old and that's what I yeah that's what I hope that people get from this too is like there's no like minimum age for experiences exactly like everyone goes through it at different phases in their life so like what one of the takeaways I hope from this is that people recognize that and they you know pay attention to it too because yeah of course the six-year-old's going to go through it when their little brother's going through stuff right yeah and it's just like and then you know you're older too like it's just like because your parents don't teach you how to talk about it you don't know how to talk about it yes and I feel like um there's this expectation like they'll look at it on the end of the situation and look back at you and they'll be like how come you didn't know how to deal with it and it's like but I've never had the tools to learn how to deal with it and it's like and then when you do have the tools it's a western version of it yes and that annoys your parents because you're like (gasps) yes you're like all right, I went just like sent you to school, and then then you throw it in my face. I'm like, no, 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 that's not how it goes. It's like I didn't get the tools from you, so yeah. I have to learn where I could go yeah. to better myself. Yeah, and then try to bring it back in your own household and try to implement it too in in a different way. But it's like they're not as receptive to it. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much emotion <clears throat> to it. Like, I if my mom was here talking about it, I she probably wouldn't be able to get to go through the entire experience without crying. Of course, right? and this is just my mom. At least she can talk about it. I've never heard my father talk about it. Yeah. I really wish I was inside his head through that process too. I think I felt my dad's anger and aggression more than my mom's emotions at that time because he was so quiet Mm -hmm. and destructive with like how he coped. Yes. It didn't. So it wasn't just the cancer. It was also like the out effect of what he did to cope with that traumatic event. Right. And that became everyone's problem. Oh, right. Yes. Yes, everyone kind of got the receiving end of that. I yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah I can yeah. totally see that. That's crazy. What were some of your coping mechanisms during that time? <laughs> Honestly, I, I can't, like, put a pinpoint on it. I would say basketball was one of it. I, that's yeah. when I started getting into sports. Oh, nice. That's good. Um, And I think, like, people that, like, eventually my class did find out, uh, and the very few people 
Uh, kids are interesting because they could either be assholes when they're younger or like really supportive. It's true. It's um, true. <laughs> and the people, and I got b- both of it. Yeah, I did get both of it. But the one, the kids that my friends that did stick out, uh, they would like come over and drop off food, or oh, wow. some of the neighborhood parents would come pick me up and drop me yeah. off from school, or to swim practice, or yeah. um, my counselor ended up calling my mom, and my mom put me in swimming lessons because one of the field trips, like I remember. This was like a, such a vivid day, but I couldn't <laughs> swim and I felt like I was drowning, drowning in the water and all these other kids were like swimming and doing cool things. And then that day, my mom signed me up for swimming lessons at CGP. Nice. Uh, which I guess stemmed my great aquatic career. Wait, let's, yeah, let's tell the people about that. Because <laughs> that's how I met you. So yeah, you're yeah. like, so <laughs> contact me how I met Vanita. Um, I... I was working as a swim instructor at Canada Games Pool. If you don't know what that is, it's like the big pool in the U.S. It's <laughs> where all the cool people hang out, clearly. Um, I actually met her through our friend Chelsea Gill. Um, and she's like this charismatic human being. Obviously, we'd uh, the two brown girls would get together pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so that's how I met Vanita was through Chelsea um, and at my career through aquatics. There you basically. go. So lifeguarding did get a great lifelong. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's where that, yeah. and honestly, that's where my passion for swimming had started because yeah. I looked forward to my Tuesday, Thursday lessons with my mom because that was my only yeah. time I had with my mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she would like take out a chair and like sit on the side and like watch. Like that was the time where I got the attention from my mom. Yes. So that 30, 35 minutes or so uh, were really, really important to me. Yeah. Um, and then she would take me out for lunch or just like dinner or whatever, depending. Um, and that was like my time with my mom. So she eventually got that, hey, I have two kids, not one. And that's not hating on my mom at all. I understand where that came from. But like sports were kind of and like I'm just like, sorry I'm gonna pause there like any Indian parents that hear us talking about this stuff I really want them to know this too because like we all repeat it we love you we understand yeah, you <laughs> this I, is not an attack not at all <laughs> the fact that my parents left the job and yeah. came here and made yeah. a life for my brother and I and the fact that life through my parents because the thing is. Um, this cancer, like this mutated gene was just a rare one. They traced back on both my parents' side and oh, no one in yeah. 30 generations had wow. it. So he was just a fluke of nature. It could have wow. been my brother and it could have been myself. Yeah. It just so unfortunately happened. Yeah. It was with him. Yeah. So for to be in a space where you don't know the language and you're trying to make your own space in Canada and trying to make a future for your kids and all of a sudden life just throws you a hard one and you're like, okay, one well, of my children, my son will probably die. It's tough. Uh, And I have immense respect for both my parents in all ways. So, yeah, mom, if you're listening to this because you're, like, social media savvy, (laughs) at no point do I ever want you to feel like you did me wrong. I am proud of the person I've come because I'm proud of my parents. Oh, my gosh. You made me cry. (laughs) It's true. And, and like, I am here because of them. The fact that I'm even talking in this podcast and I have the privilege to talk about it is because my parents let me right right yeah uh, they taught me how to be resourceful and I will always respect them for it oh I was gonna ask you like if your parents are gonna hear this like what would you say so you <laughs> answered that that's awesome um I think I was gonna ask you um before we wrap up um for any kids who are you know going through the same experience now that you've kind of lived the harder part what could you tell them so I would tell them, especially siblings, maybe not right away, but especially siblings, is to talk or yep. learn to talk. I know yep. that sounds really weird because we do that anyways, but really digging deep and finding out why you're sad, why you're upset. Yep. And then look, you have, like, I mean, social media is rapid. Google searches your life. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are so many resources out there. 
always ask. There's no yes. harm in asking for yes. help. Yes. Uh, men and women, boys or girls, if you feel like you need someone to talk to and you don't have that in your own household, pick up the phone, search, talk to, you know, people in the hospital. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times they'll have programs there for you. Yes. Yes. Uh, and yes. now because we're so rapid in growing and being inclusive and being yep. like, you know, diverse culturally. Yeah. There are different streams of that. Yeah. And nine out of 10 times, I guarantee you'll find the right it's fit. It's just about asking, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you can even holler at this girl. Like if you feel like you're yes. Oh my gosh. I'm I love always that. down to get a cup yeah. of like job or yeah. coffee yeah. Um, and you can talk about it. I love that. That's amazing. I think, yeah, as a community, if people can extend their hand and if people can reach out, like I feel like there's so much positivity that could come out of that. I love that. Thank you for offering. Um, my question for every guest, who or what inspires you? Um, ooh, I think at the end of the day, the person I like look up to the most would be my BBG, my oh, nanny G. Yeah. Um, she's like, she passed away a couple years ago, but she was the one that taught my brother and I mostly, you know, to really dig down and be mindful of her emotions. Yeah. Um, she's always like, be humble. She's like, every good comes with a bad. And at the end of the day, everything comes and goes as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, don't ever overthink or too much of your ego because things can always be taken away from you. Yes. Materialistic yeah. objects, right? Yeah. Um, and she's like, live your life authentically. Because at the end of the day, it's not for me. It's not for your parents. It's not the right or wrong way. Yes. What, not happy, but what makes you content? Yeah. Right? Like Growing up, I was privileged enough for like having this very tiny, old, knowledgeable, spiritual person. And yeah. I feel like she was my connection to my community yeah. as well as to religion because of her. But she was very forward thinking. Yeah. Like for a BBG coming out of a job. That's pretty awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure she had her very conservative views, but she never made me feel bad for thinking differently. Yes. And she always pushed That's me beautiful. to be different. I love that. Right? It, it's funny because like, I don't know about you, but even like looking back, you can pinpoint those like older generations that have like really good insight, but I just feel like it got lost in translation along the way. Yeah. yeah. I think as, especially when you're a child, you yeah. just don't understand the old yeah. generation. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That didn't come until later. I didn't think my grandma actually liked me for really, really long. <laughs> she was so hard on me. Yeah. 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 But at the end of the day, she's like, you're a woman of color. You're in this Indian community. And she's like, you have so much opportunity. She's like, look at this way. I mean, she's like, you're always going to be the most privileged woman in our lineage that's wow i didn't even think of it like that yeah we've given we've we've built this opportunity for you and if you don't contradict us if you don't challenge us you're not growing wow right and she's like if you have a daughter one day you don't want her to act like you at all you want her to be completely different right so she's the most privileged in your lineage Wow. You know, wow, that's food for thought. Yeah. I, I really like that. Oh, ooh, you got me thinking. <laughs> well, well, you know what's right. going on. Wow, BBG knows. Yeah. That's so awesome. So I want to ask you, do you want to bring light to any like social media, any events, any business, anything like that? Yeah. So uh, this is an initiative put on by, so Camp Good Times is a camp through um, Children's Hospital that encourages families and siblings and younger children to go to and kind of like be a place to be carefree and so yeah. forth. Um, there was a gap, and we were talking about this in our community, where I feel like a lot of brown people, a lot of Asian people of, people of different ethnic backgrounds don't know how to talk about it, right? Yeah. And I think they're always afraid of not having people 
Like it's like Surrey, you know, it's different, but you know that there's people like yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. You know, yes. you can get South Indian food, you can get Punjabi food, you can get like Middle Eastern food and every little pocket. And yeah. it's the same thing in bigger conversations too, right? Yeah. Um, if you don't feel like there's a community there for you, if you don't feel like there's a platform just for your people to talk, yeah, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so my friend Ruhi, uh, who goes to SFU, mm-hmm. I hope maybe I'll plug her in for this as yes, well. Yes, yes. Um, her and someone else, Shannon, uh, created the West Coast Kids Camp Program, and essentially mm-hmm. we're still in the process of collecting data and pushing out like that's and so freaking cool. Um, so Vasaki, we all know what it is: free food. When is it? Surrey. What date? April twentieth. And that's in Surrey or Vancouver? That's in Surrey. Okay, cool. Um, we may be in the Vancouver one too, I'm 100% sure. We'll yeah. have a booth and essentially it's to get people of color to talk about it. So Yay. we want aunties and moms yeah. and dads and grandfathers and little kids and siblings, even if you don't actually have someone actively in your life that has cancer, but you're aware of it, you want to learn yeah. more about yeah, it, you want to yeah. come as a community. And our goal is not to just have like a one week summer program, but like after school programs, like yes. start like group therapy sessions in children's oh my hospital gosh, Simi, this with people so of cool. color or yeah. like, um, I think my mom really wants to like get a community of just in, like Indo-Canadian women or yep. Punjabi women mm-hmm. from Punjab uh, to come together and talk about their issues with yep. childhood cancers or mm-hmm. young adults that have cancer. Cause it's not just the child that has the problem. It's yep. everyone. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, and eventually, ideally I want to hope that, um, the men in our community as well feel comfortable enough to come and talk and discuss oh, their issues. Oh my gosh, this is like what I hope the future is to be like. <laughs> We're oh, looking for a better collective healthy solution. Go. Oh my gosh. Um, and this is not to put anyone on the spot. This is just to kind of make a solidarity and yes, really strengthen that. ties between our community and, you know, start that initiative because we're in this together. It's oh. not just a you problem. It's a we yes. problem. Yes. Oh, my God. I love that. Ooh, I love all of this. This is so good. Thanks for coming in and talking about that. I got so much great insight and so much better understanding. And I hope if there's anyone out there who's listening to this that might be experiencing stuff like this, I feel like Simi is a great outlet and a great resource. Please, please reach out. I'm going to put her information on, on the link to this episode. If you can follow my Instagram page as well at Young Culture Podcast, that'd be awesome too. Thank you so much again for coming. This Thank was great. Please come back. You have awesome insight. I love I it. I would love to. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening and talk to you soon.